Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. It's the 9 o'clock hour. It's football Friday. We only have one more football Friday after this, which is borderline Two. depressing. Two. I mean, you, no one. You, I'm not kind of the Pro Bowl skills challenge vibe. You're doing a football Friday next Friday, so I don't know what you're saying. Well, we do football Friday every week, but like it's the flat, like the second to last true football Friday. I mean, we'll be talking about the Pro Bowl. Tool will be there. He'll say something about his contract, and we'll be reacting no, to it. No, he won't. Oh, absolutely. He's going to be talking at Pro Bowl. What, I'm sure you he think will. his contract think is not going to come up. Say I'm going to let my agent handle it. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to let the process play itself out. Um, Real question you know, is, which like one of you guys here. can get to his agent? Uh, I mean, his agent's not going to speak on the issue, so I, I, he I don't know. Maybe he'll throw some crap out there. Who yeah, knows? sure. Okay. No, it doesn't work that way. doesn't work that way. All right, let's get some picks here. Vlad, can we get some uh, some NFL music here? I like to do NFL music when we do our uh, our Friday picks, if uh, if you would be so kind. Um, I'm going to open up the handy-dandy Hard Rock app here. By the way, I, I just opted into another sweepstakes here uh, to watch the, uh, the, the big game watch party. You, you just like giving your money away. I have like $100 in free bets right now because I've lost every protected bet I've placed. All right, let's do it, man. We got uh, we got Championship Sunday coming up here. The first game at 3 o'clock will feature the Baltimore Ravens and the Kansas City Chiefs. Wow, the spread has moved up to four now. The this, spread is up to four. They're, Baltimore they're minus to, four, over under at 44 and a half. They're trying to suck you to bet, man. Uh, listen, I'm I'm riding with Lamar. This is his team. The, be, the, the Ravens are the best team that I've seen in the NFL this season. Baltimore is a complete team. Run game, running quarterback, pass game, defense. I know Patrick Mahomes is Patrick Mahomes, but I'm sorry. Give me Lamar Jackson, the two-time MVP winner. Vlad, give me the reigning defending Super Bowl champs. Until somebody beats 1-5, that's not named Tom Brady or Joe Burrow. I'm coming with the Chiefs. This is one. Points yeah. or outright? Outright. Dude, this is his time. He lives for this. I'm t- you know what it seems like? They've been waiting for this. If you've been winning five years, we've seen this in NBA teams, um, NBA dynasties. The regular season is the regular season. They just go through it. But once the postseason comes... That's when they get. That's when they get their act together, and the Chiefs have gotten their act together. I'm going with the Chiefs. I'm going to take the Chiefs as well. Um, I just, I'm with you, Vlad. I, I don't want to bet against Mahomes at this point. I I love them being, you know, dogs in this game. Um, you remember the dynasty? You remember the Heatle era? Yeah. You remember there were some regular seasons. You look at the games. You're like, Yo, what the uh, are they? What the Heat doing? And then once the postseason came, you knew. Okay, here's the Miami Heat. This happened with the Golden State Warriors. It's happened in football with the Patriots. It happens with these dynasty teams. They go through their motions in a regular season, but once the the lights come on, 
And, and I say this as someone who is rooting for Lamar Jackson because he's from down here, and I think it'd be a great story if he got to a Super Bowl here. This just feels like the end of the road. Like this feels like the game that he chokes in, and that whole. Oh my god! Because you're waiting for him to choke. Is that what you're saying? Is, I'm just that you saying, don't, you bro. Just believe that he's not going to deliver in clutch moments. I, I don't think that's the case. Uh, I think he's. Uh, he well, was clearly, a, young a lot of people don't think that's the case. Yeah, because he's a he's a juggernaut. Right now, Lamar Jackson is going to be as good a runner as he is a quarterback in this game. And that 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 Chiefs defense, boy, they're going to feel a lot of stress. All right, there you go. There are your picks for that game. Uh, by the way, points over under forty four and a half. I'm going with under under. Me too. You know they said I you know Ravel who bets unders. They say life is too short to bet the under. At least that's what I say. Um, you know he bets unders, and apparently the Chiefs are like the worst team to bet overs on. Even though like you think the Chiefs and other short ton of points, they're like unders always hit. Apparently, that's because their defense is actually better than people give them credit for. Yeah. All right, so there you go. There's game number one. Game number two, San Francisco 49ers hosting the Detroit Lions. San Francisco, seven-point favorites. That line has not moved there. Uh, the over-under set at 51-and-a-half. Omar, we will start with you. I'm going with the 49ers. They've been knocking at the door for quite a while. They have been. Uh, and at some point after all that knocking, you just kick it down. I think the Detroit Lions are going to be a little bit overmatched. I'm not a Jared Goff believer. I don't think he has that clutch gene. Um, even though, uh, you know, I love Dan Campbell and do want to see the Lions win, I, I do believe in the brand of the 49ers. Vlad? I, I want to see, for the record, I want to see the Lions win. I support Dan Campbell. And I want to well, see I was him win. I'm asking who you're a fan of. I know. I, I'm, I'm picking the 49ers. <laughs> Go ahead, Vlad. <laughs> I think this is all scripted. Niners are the better team. But I think conspiracy on me I think yeah. NFL's been loving the Detroit Lions since last season and has put us has put them in our faces for us to love fall in love with them. Who doesn't love them? Who didn't like hard knocks last so year? So you think the Lions went out right? I talking. don't not only do they cover, I think we have a rematch of the first game of the season. The last game of the season will be a rematch of the first game of the season. Lions versus the Chiefs. Lions in an upset, 30-27. to 27. The game is so tough to pick because the 49ers, remember they looked unbeatable throughout most of the season. Who is going to beat this team? They're, they're just so good everywhere. I got to tell you, man, I think they, they got shook up last week by the Packers, and I think the Lions can go in there and, and can find a way to win this game. I don't know if they win it outright, but I do think it will be a very, very close game. If, you, uh, if you're going to bet this one, I think, Vlad, maybe the move here is to get the extra half point, right? Try to uh, try to make sure that a, a touchdown doesn't kill you there. But um, I don't know. I think the Lions keep this game very close. I'm going to take the uh, the Lions in this one over under 51 and a half. I think this game is going to be a shootout. So I'm going to take the over. Omar? I'm going to take the over as well. Vlad? Uh, yeah, I told you, 30 to 27. Okay, 30 to 27, that would be... 57. 57, so... Five it's over. Half, that does go over. Very good. All right, Mike Florio from Pro Football Talk is going to join us next here on QAM. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. 
You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Over South Florida for you to take a test drive and fall in love. New and used South Florida Chevy dealers have never looked better. Want to listen to us anywhere, live or on demand? Just download the free Odyssey app and make WQAM your favorite station. And there we are, 24-7. Traffic on WQAM is sponsored by Lexus of Kendall and Lexus of West Kendall. Drive home a new Lexus with the best price from Lexus of Kendall and Lexus of West Kendall. Lexus, official luxury vehicle of your Miami Dolphins. Call 305-KENDALL today. Making your way through Broward County, all lanes open. I-95 northbound at Oakland Park Boulevard. Still seeing delays back to 595, but getting better. In Miami, delays continue southbound 95 from 135th Street down to the 395 eastbound Dolphin. A little bit heavy from the Palmetto out to I-95. And if you're on the Palmetto, watch for delays southbound from I-75 to Okeechobee Road. Brought to you by Rubenstein Law, 1-800-FL-LEGAL. Car accident, truck accident, Uber lift accident, or slip and fall? Call Rubenstein Law, 1-800-FL-LEGAL. Also open on weekends. I'm Amy, and that's traffic on AM560 Sports, WQAM, FM 99.9, HD2, and always live on the free Odyssey app. To the show, joining us as he does every Friday, Pro Football Talks, Mike Florio, jumping on the Toyota of Hollywood hotline. Shop hundreds of Toyotas indoors in one of America's largest showrooms at Toyota of Hollywood on 441 between Hollywood and Sheridan. Mike, good morning. How are you, sir? Do we have Mike? That does not sound like Mike. Vlad, why don't we do a do-over there? Let's give that one more shot. Uh, we will have Mike Florio as soon as uh, Vlad redials him. Uh, while he is doing that, I want to let people know we have uh, another pair of pickleball tickets that we can give away. So, so since we screwed uh, we screwed everyone on the the Florio start to the interview, we'll uh, we'll, we'll give you pickleball tickets. Three zero five five six seven zero five sixty. Give Vlad a call. Give him a hard time about what he just did, and uh, he'll hook you up with some pickleball tickets. Uh, here is Mike Florio joining us uh, as he does every Friday here on the show. Mike, how are you? Good. You know, if you guys don't want to talk to me, just don't call me. You don't have to hang up on me as soon as I call in. <laughs> uh, Mike, Good morning. Uh, we, we are pumped up here for what should be an incredible <laughs> uh, Sunday of games. Uh, we're going to get uh, to both of those here with you. 
it just, you know, to me, it seems like betting against Patrick Mahomes at this point is, is a bad, bad move. The guy has just, he, he seems to prove it every single time he's doubted that, that he is still the best in this league. But I know Baltimore is playing great ball right now, Mike. How do you look at this game on Sunday here in the AFC? Six years as a starter, six AFC championship appearances. As sports fans, we love to witness history. Sometimes we don't realize we're witnessing it as we are. And I know that we're just coming out of an era in which the Patriots won six Super Bowls and Tom Brady won seven. But what Mahomes has done to start his career is uncanny. And there was a point in 2017 when he was sitting on the bench where I thought maybe they should just bench Alex Smith and put him in the game. He could be seven for seven, frankly, if they had done that. It's incredible, and he reaches a higher level of performance in the postseason. I think that it got inside the Bills' head last week, late in the game. What do we do? Do we try to bleed the clock? Do we try to score? We're afraid of Patrick Mahomes. The Ravens have to set all that aside. They've got to trust their abilities. They've got to do what they've done all year, and they can't get freaked out by the fact that they're going against this quarterback who becomes even more of a superhero when the season is on the line. He's got so much experience, 16 postseason games already. That's the key. And for Lamar Jackson and company, they just have to forget about that, go out and do their job, and hope it all works out. The Ravens, on paper, are the better team. But we see this every year. The Chiefs find a way in the postseason to get it all together. It, it makes for a great game that could literally go either way. And I hope it doesn't come down to something fluky, something crazy, a bad call, because, you know, every bad call for one team is a good call for the other team. We don't want that tomorrow. We want it to be a good back-and-forth, hopefully high-scoring game that, that goes down to the wire and, you know, the best team that day wins. Would be kind of a fitting way for that game to end, though, Mike, with a, with a controversial call. Like, we haven't had our fair share of those this season, you know? Well, that's right. And, hey, this is the time where the controversial calls, when they happen, when a rule gets applied in a certain way or not applied, it lays the foundation for changes in the offseason. We saw that five years ago with the Rams Saints game that had the horrible uncalled pass interference that caused the NFL to make it subject to replay review for a year until they realized they couldn't figure out how to do it right. So they got rid of it. That's out there. The possibility for pass interference being called or not called. And we see that dynamic in the playoffs, especially late in the game where that flag gets tucked a little bit deeper into the pocket. You've got defenses that are more inclined to push and shove and reroute receivers beyond the five yards where you're allowed to make that initial contact, and they just dare the officials to throw the flags. And a lot of times, that official doesn't want to be the one to throw the flag in a moment like that. All right, Mike, uh, Omar Kelly is here, so we're going to get to uh, the Dolphins stuff. He's going to ask you about that in a second. I I just want to ask you about the other game here, Uh, the 49ers. You know, they, they had a tough one last week against the uh, the Packers. I thought Green Bay probably should have won that game. Uh, the Lions come in, and, and they're probably the best story we have going in the in the NFL. Do they have what it takes to, to pull an upset? I think they do. I'm surprised the line for this one is seven. It opened at six and a half, went to seven, and actually is seven and a half as of this morning. So people are believing in the 49ers. It's helpful to them that the weather is supposed to be good. We saw Brock Purdy struggle in the wet conditions last Saturday night against the Packers. You know, even though the Lions are everybody's darlings and everybody wants to see them, not everybody. I mean, if you're fans of the Bears, Packers, or Vikings, you probably don't like this. But a lot of people like to see the Lions get to the Super Bowl. they, They haven't been overwhelming this postseason. They've got that great home field advantage. They beat the Rams by one point. 
Last week's game against the Buccaneers was eight points, and even though they covered the spread, it was a one-score game. There was that weird moment at the end where the Lions inexplicably failed to work the clock the way they should have. Todd Bowles, the Bucks coach, inexplicably failed to call a timeout with 36 seconds left that would have gotten them one more possession. But it just hasn't felt like the Lions have overwhelmed anyone. What's going to happen when they go into a hostile venue where they don't have? Now, I bet there will be plenty of Lions fans there because they travel incredibly well and they'll pay for those tickets. That could make a difference. But I think it all comes down to which quarterback can avoid having a bad day. We've seen both Jared Goff and Brock Purdy have bad days at times this year. It's the worst possible day to have a bad day. If one of them does, that's going to determine the game. Now, uh, Mike, I wanted to ask you this question about um, basically Dan Campbell and the success that he's having with Detroit. Obviously, uh, you know, most people know that he took over the worst franchise in the NFL and he actually seemingly turned them around and could potentially get them to the Super Bowl if if he's able to pull off a win against the 49ers. Do you think that Dan Campbell can be the coach that kicks down the door for former NFL players who become head coaches? I mean, look at the list right now where we've got not just Dan Campbell, but Jim Harbaugh, another former coach, you know, takes over his second NFL organization. Gerard Mayo, Antonio Pierce, both of them got hired this year, uh, former linebackers. DeMarco Ryan. Um, then you've got Todd Bowles, Kevin O'Connell. Do you look at it now like the glass ceiling has been broken? Yeah, I do. And look, a lot of players who might be inclined to get into coaching, they realize once they take a job at the low level and try to work their way up, it's a lot of work. It's mm-hmm. a lot more work to be a coach than it is to be a player. You got to grind. You got to be there. You're used to using your body and getting your body a lot of rest and having some downtime. And now you're there all the time. You're doing a kind of work you've never done before. And you're trying to develop skills that you don't naturally have from the fact that you're an athlete, but you've got access to the experience and the industry. And you're in a position where you can use that as a launching pad and you just got to grind and grind and grind and climb and climb, and then eventually you get your opportunity if everything works out. I think Campbell just ended up being the perfect coach at the perfect time for a Lions team that needed a kick to the butt, and he gave them that, and everybody loved it from the get-go. One guy, speaking of former players, that I don't think gets enough credit because he looks for none whatsoever as to the Lions transformation is Chris Spielman, linebacker for that team back in the 80s and 90s, and he is working with ownership, I think he was instrumental in the hiring of Dan Campbell. And he's not out there saying, hey, everybody, look at what I've done to turn the Lions around. He's content to just see him turn it around. But, you know, you got another former player in Spielman who's, who's helping to set the kind of throwback old-school tone that is allowing this Lions team to be as good as it's been. Well, I want to ask you a little bit about uh, Tua Tungvaloa. Obviously, he's – taking a lot of heat this offseason, and you do that when you when you basically poop the bed in the final three games Just of the a season. little bit of heat, Mike, not, not too much. Just, just, if, if Tua was out there right now, Mike, because, you know, the controversy is do you make him play on the fifth-year option or do you give him a, 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 a multi-year contract, maybe guaranteed three, three years of the contract? If Tua was out there right now in free agency amongst the Russell Wilsons and, and – um, the Kirk Cousins, and I guess in competition with Justin Fields, who will more than likely be traded. How hot do you think his market would be if he was just an unrestricted free agent? You know, that's a great question because I think there's two different ways of looking at it. From a football X's and O's standpoint, you would have coaches and general managers saying, 
we value him at a certain level. The business side of an organization, especially if it's a team that's struggling for relevance, that mm-hmm. wants to make more money, that wants to have you know, mm-hmm. a better bottom line than it currently has, Tua is a popular player. Tua is a guy that you can hold up that jersey with number one on it at a press conference in March, and you can inject some life into a team that we otherwise look at and say, eh, who cares? So that's the conundrum with Tua. Extremely popular, likable guy, but from the football side, where does he really fit? And he did lead the league in passing yards this year, and this has been the big you know, chicken and the egg question, how much of it's Mike McDaniel, how much of it's Tua, how many other quarterbacks can do what Tua's mm-hmm. done. You know, at, at one level, it doesn't matter. Tua's done it, and people like him. And there will be fans out there that get excited about having Tua, regardless of whether or not it's good for your football team. Just like I think there are a lot of fans out there that aren't excited by the prospect of Bill Belichick being the coach of a team, even though it would help the team. It's all, you know, at the end of the day, I mean, they want us to think it's all about wins and losses, and that's a no, big part of it. It's not. It's also about getting maximum people to give up maximum dollars and maximum time to follow the team and support the team and stuff more money into the pockets of owners. So I think the market for Tua would be more than we think because there would be owners and business people out there saying, we're going to make more money if Tua is our quarterback. It is. It is big business for Tua. Uh, speaking of Belichick, Mike, uh, how surprised, if at all, are you that – he's not hotter on these streets when it comes to the head coaching vacancies. On the surface, it's shocking, but I go back to the comment that Robert Kraft, the owner of the Patriots made 15 days ago when addressing the question of whether consideration was given to bringing Bill Belichick back with less power over the team. And Kraft said that they thought about it, but they decided it wouldn't work because it would be confusing after the guys had absolute control of the football operations. And now he doesn't. I think that same mindset follows Belichick wherever else he would go. Because even if you bring him in with guardrails over how much power he has, once it's time to get to work and once he starts making that that sour look and, you know, grumpy, harumphing and all that stuff that he does, and he doesn't like the idea that the general manager 30 years younger than him has for what they're going to do with the second-round draft pick, that's when it becomes a problem. Because even if he doesn't have the power, here's where he's got power. General manager drafts a guy. Belichick just doesn't play him. I didn't want him. I'm not going to play him. I'm still the coach of this team. I'm not putting him on the field. So I think there's a concern that if you do anything other than give him the keys to the car, it's going to be awkward. It's going to be difficult. And it's ultimately going to lead to fights and dysfunction. And I think that's why it was just Atlanta. I think the presence of Rich McKay in the front office was a big factor in it not being Atlanta for Belichick. And now, where does he go? What does he do? Does he take a year off? Does he go into media? Does he wait for next year where there's someone who's willing to hand him the keys? I had a reader suggest the possibility of him coming to Miami to be the defensive coordinator for 2024. Yikes. Which, which at some level, that would be awesome. I don't think he's interested, but, but you know, you just need to find a way. Maybe he needs to be humbled. And maybe mm. not getting a job in this cycle with seven jobs open, in theory, for him, maybe that's the thing that humbles him a little bit. Can you, and see, then him, maybe can next you see him year, go do TV, Mike? Can you see him go do TV, Mike? I, remember that, that show they did a few years oh, ago? Oh, yeah. That, the 100 Player? 100. Oh, man. Yeah. He was actually good on that. What, when you get him away, you know, and, and you got to understand his background. Grew up on the campus of the Naval Academy. 
that very strong military overtone with football. Everything's secretive, secret, 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 secret. So he puts on that, you know, name, rank, and serial number facade when it's time to talk football. And every once in a while, somebody would ask him some obscure historical football question that has nothing to do with his team's current interests, and he'll go on and on for 30 minutes about, you know, the evolution of the long snapper in the NFL or something like that. So I think he, he's capable of being far more charming than what we usually see. Of course, it's the lowest possible bar when we see him at press conferences. But, yeah, he could do that. Yeah, and it's a way for him to stay in the sport, stay connected to it, stay front and center every Sunday, and then position himself to get back in next year. But, man, when you go 0 for 7 this year, you got a lot of work to do to get one of these jobs when you're one year even deeper into your 70s in early 2025. All right, Mike, real quick before we let you go, uh, you mentioned the defense coordinator job for the Dolphins. What, what are your thoughts on Vic Fangio and the, the one-year experiment? And, yeah, Javon Holland uh, felt the need to uh, put out a video of himself literally kicking a handful of rocks uh, right after uh, Vic was uh, mutually uh, the parting of the ways. What, what are your thoughts on that? The whole thing, I feel like it was poisoned from the get-go. He gave his word to the Dolphins, and then the opportunity arose with the Eagles after they found out Jonathan Gannon was leaving for the Cardinals, and I think that Fangio just wanted to stay in Philly. I just think that was a bad a bad start, and you know we all expected it would be great. It was a perfect pairing. Fangio handles the defense. Mike McDaniel handles the offense, but now you're, hey, look, if it's not working, if his heart's not in it, if he wants to be back in Pennsylvania, whatever the truth is behind it, if it's truly mutual, that's fine. It's better to, to part ways now than double down and make it worse. If a mistake's made by anyone in any capacity, if any decision made in connection with the NFL, if you know it was a mistake, the best thing you can do is admit it and move on. If you double down, it's only going to get worse. Mike, thank you for the time as always. We'll talk to you again next week. Thanks, guys. Have a great weekend. All right, Pro Football Talks, Mike Florio with us here. Uh, we're going to take one more uh, giveaway here for our pickleball tickets, uh, 305-567-0560. Talk to Vlad. He'll get you all hooked up. We had a great conversation earlier in the show. Leger Duzabal, former uh, NFL defensive uh, lineman, he, he joined us earlier, had some great stuff. So uh, we're going to recheck in with, uh, with that when we come back here on a Football Friday on WQIM. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. All right, welcome back in here on WQAM. Championship Sunday is around the corner. Omar, let's head out to the Toyota of Hollywood hotline shop. Hundreds of Toyotas indoors in one of America's largest showrooms at Toyota of Hollywood on 441 between Hollywood and Sheridan. Listen, we're bringing on one of my favorite guys, one of my uh, survivors from I Am Athlete, Leger Duzable. He's a serious XM host, uh, CBS Sports. Uh, he's on the CBS Sports studio analyst. And Duz, man... Uh, obviously you saw tremendous games last week, but do you, and they did ridiculous numbers. Do you think that we're, uh, we're building up to an epic week of NFL games? 
I do believe so, Omar. You stated it perfectly. I think CBS had a record in, the, in regards to viewership. Um, when you talk about the, the Bills and Kansas City game, over 50 million people tuned in to watch that game. So now, you know, last week you had Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes. This week you get Lamar Action Jackson and Money Pat Mahomes. So I know a lot of people will be tuned in for that game. But on the other side, right, you got the Detroit Lions who have been starving to get to this this point uh, at, at, for the last 30 years, right, to get to an NFC Championship game. And now you got the 49ers who are looking for redemption, right? Let's not forget they've been able to get to the NFC Championship game, but they've struggled to get to the Super Bowl here recently. So I think you're in tune for two really big games this weekend. Now, let me ask you about this Detroit Detroit staff, because I know when we were doing I Am Athlete shows, you were a big advocate, and you really put a spotlight on it. Um, I have been railing against the NFL for years about the glass ceiling that they've had for players when it comes to being coaches and front office officials. Dan Campbell is one of the few that has broken through that that glass ceiling, becoming a head coach in the NFL. His staff is filled with former players who are coaching position coaches. Do you think that his success and him possibly taking his Lions team to the Super Bowl um, transforming that franchise could open the door for more, more for for more former coaches, for more former players to become coaches. I think you're already seeing it, Omar. Let's just look at this hiring cycle, right? Or even we can go back to last year, the Miko Ryan getting a job as a defensive coordinator, right? Because you know what it was before, Omar. Everybody wanted a damn offensive guru, but now we see a. A, a little different look from the owners this year, right? Antonio Pierce and what he did as an interim head coach for the Raiders, right? Galvanizing that team, making them 5-4 and four down the stretch. They haven't had a top-10 defense in over 20 years. They had that this year with Antonio Pierce. And they gave up the least amount of points when he took over as head coach. Then you uh, you also look at other places that, that have hired, right? Uh, I talked about the Miko Lions already Gerard Mayo with the Patriots, right? Former player as well, right? Mm -hmm. A a people's person. Everybody I've talked to that played with New England, they're saying he's different than Bill in regards to, like, like personal relationships are a big thing with him. Like, he's a real people's person. So I think you've kind of already seen how things have turned over. Like, before, everybody wanted an offensive guru, and it was a mixed mixed bag, right? We we saw that 2013 Washington team, that whole – offensive staff and all those offensive gurus on that coaching staff have become head coach and Bobby Slowick could be the next one. But I think teams are starting to realize first and foremost, you need a true leader of men, right? You can hire an X, you know, X's, X's and O's guy. You can hire a guru. You can hire a defensive offensive guru. First and foremost, those 53 men on that team, they have to believe in what you're coaching and what you're asking them to do. I think a lot of owners sat back and they saw that and there's been some changes in this hiring cycle. All right, while we're on the topic of coaches, I, I got to ask you about Bill uh, Bill Belichick. <laughs> it seems like no one wants him. I, I can't imagine why a team w- would want to take a chance on a guy that is, is at the way end of his career who, you know, to me appears like he's just trying to get a record at this point. But do you see him getting – probably not going to get one in this cycle. Does he stick around for another coaching cycle to try to get another job here? Hey Omar, I guess Hollywood doesn't follow me on social media, huh? No, no, no. He he he's getting his his do- indoctrination on dues right now. Yeah, I've been one of the. And again, let me preface this by saying this: Bill Belichick is the goat, right? Six Super Bowl rings, 
No, Tom Brady is the GOAT, sir. No, Tom Brady is the GOAT. Yeah, no, yeah, hey, hey. Can I tell my side? Go ahead, go ahead. Can I tell my side? Right, yes. You know me, I'm a big proponent of it's always the Jimmy and the Joes, right? But let's not forget, let's give a little respect. Let's give a lot of respect to Bill Belichick. Like the first two Super Bowl rings, let's not forget, it was that Hall of Fame defense yes. that led the way. Like we got to give Bill Belichick some respect. Like I'm, I'm a guy that's always like you know it's player driven. Like you got to have the guys to win, but you got to give some respect to coaching. And I say this because I've talked to people that have been in that building, more specifically on the defensive side, and they say the things that Bill Belichick does to take away your number one option, the thing that 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 you want to do, your bread and butter. He makes you fight in a game left-handed if you're right-handed. Like, you got to give respect to that, right? Of course, Tom Brady is the GOAT, right? I don't even think that's up for debate. And people have gone back and forth. Is it the Patriot way? Is it the Tom Brady way? I just think you got to give Bill respect for those first two Super Bowls. Now, the, the next four? Oh, yeah, that was Brady, for sure, 100%. Right, but it still takes a coach to be able to control that locker room and do do what he did because you know this Omar, they did it different than anybody else did it, right? So for you to be that consistent, even though you had to go, it still takes it's, it still takes a lot of good coaching. So that's why I said, I, let me preface that that before I was saying what I'm about to say. Uh, yeah, I think the best thing Bill Belichick can do is retire. To be honest, and I've been saying it since him and the Patriots decided to to split ways this off season. Um, if you just look at the Patriot way slash Bill Belichick way, it's not conducive to the current NFL. Yep. Right? Like, you got to be relatable to players. Like, players have to want to play for you, especially now in the NIL, you yeah, know, era. Oh, it's going to get worse. Right? I didn't even think era, about that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. So you gotta think a, they're getting entitled from high from school. College. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So are they going? Are they going to really listen to Bill? Like, is he going to be able to galvanize them? Are they going to fall in line? Right? Like, you have to be able to, as a head coach, deal with all those different personalities and attitude. And you know, Belichick has always been my way or the highway, but that doesn't work anymore. Like, absolutely not. That way of coaching football does not work anymore. So, again, I, I, I wanted to preference that what I said about him, you know, and those championships before. Brady became Tom Brady just to give him his flowers and his respect, but it's just not conducive. And, you know, people, when I did a post with CBS, people were kind of out of my neck, like, this is Bill Belichick. Who wouldn't want him? I'm just telling you, I played this game for 10 years. I know the ebbs and flows of this game. I know how this game has changed, right? And I think ownership sat back and looked at, you know, there was rumors that Atlanta were running for the Atlanta job, but I think. Rich McKay, uh, you know, you know, Arthur Blank supposedly won him, but I think Rich McKay sat back and was like, will this help us in the future? We bring him in here and he guts everything. Are we really setting ourselves back because of his coaching style is really not conducive to where the NFL game is going? I thought it was an amazing hire by getting a guy that's a true players coach and a great developer as well and just loves the game. So I, I said this on the, on the, on the post, Omar said, if nobody's vying for your services, that's usually a telltale sign. And there was a rumor that only Atlanta was in on him. Like, he didn't really interview at, at many other places. So, that kind of lets you know that most owners are hip to where the game is going. And they feel like Bill Belichick's coaching style isn't conducive to where the NFL game is going. We're here talking with LeJay Doosable. He is known as Doos. Uh, I'm going to give you the Twitter account later. Emmy that sounds, Aw- by the way, I got to tell you, that sounds like a guy that just got let go or mutual parting of the ways, the defensive coordinator for the Dolphins, Vic Fangio. Uh, you got players. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Javon Holland actually, 
he took a handful of rocks and kicked them just to yeah, make his point. <laughs> uh, yeah, and, and dudes, yeah, that that is it's the old curmudgeon ways of the NFL. <laughs> They're not exactly very popular right now. Um, what do you think would be a good fit for Miami from a defensive coordinator standpoint? Ooh, that's a really good question. Uh, you know, you know who would have been good, but he's already been hired, and um, he was a guy that was actually on staff. And I know me and you were really oh, yeah. high on him, Gerald Alexander. Mm. Uh, he went to the Raiders as a safeties coach. Again, I don't know how that would jail with ownership just because of how that breakup ended. Even though I felt like Gerald, to be honest, he got he, was an innocent yeah. bystander in there. Yeah, yeah he, he Josh he Boyer had it in. out for him. Yeah. Yeah, he was an innocent bystander, but every player I talked to loved him, Mm -hmm. right? The secondary loved him. And supposedly, I know he had taken over, not taken over, but he was was an intricate part and a cog into calling some of that defense when they went down that stretch run. You ain't, uh, you ain't got to you ain't got to soft step it. He Josh Boyer had his power <laughs> taken away by from Brian Flores and it was given to uh to 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 our to guy. Gerald. Yeah, to Gerald yeah. Alexander, but you know, and then Josh Boyer when he snaked Brian Flores, he got Alexander whacked just because he didn't want any power struggle there. Uh so that that's what happened there. Uh, I I actually want to transition dudes to ask you about Tua because I, okay. we, uh, we haven't talked about Tua in a while. Um, I am an admirer of his skills. However, I d- cannot deny that when his team needed him to be elite and clutch and finish off games and play with that killer instinct, uh, it didn't show up. Where do you yeah. stack Tua up in the hierarchy of NFL quarterbacks right now? Ooh, that's a good question because I saw your tweet uh, yesterday and old Greg Jennings. Had you a little hot, Omar. <laughs> yeah, no, no, that was this morning. But, yeah, no, it, it's, it's yeah. you know, I get it. You don't put him in the top five, no problem. You don't put him in the top ten, I'm I'm not going to fight with you because, I you know, I could argue he's 11 or 12. But he's not in your top 16 quarterbacks? No, nah, I, think, I think that's egregious. Let's not forget, I think you made a good point on your post. Like, this guy was in the MVP race. He probably was a – I would say a top five guy for most of the season. Yeah. Or top, I would say top six or seven guy for most of the season in regards to being as a, a top candidate for the MVP. So I thought it was egregious. He, put him, he didn't put him in the top 16. Uh, to me, a two it falls around that, that probably like 10 to 12 range, right? 10 to 12 range. And, and it's because of what you said, right? Uh, we know for most of the season he led the league in pass yards. Um, and he was up there in efficiency and accuracy, too. But it's like you said, I think the thing, the biggest thing, and it's the Justin Herbert conversation too, right, uh, Omar? Yeah. Like when the game is on the line and we need you the most, yep. no matter what has happened in the game, can you elevate this team, right? Can you take us over the top? And, you know, a lot of people, he kind of, the smoke kind of went off of him a little bit after the Dallas game because he was able to drive him down and get in the field goal range, even though that mostly was Tyreek Hill. But still, he still had to make a few throws. But the, the Bills game, all the chips were on the table. And again, me and you know this, Omar Chase Claypool ran ran the route a lazy route, right? He should have broke that off flat. It would have oh, been a yeah, great that's... throw by Tua. But I, I'm sorry, I'm not I'm not putting my career on the you know the, the hands of Chase Claypool when he hasn't even been here the whole year. Uh, but again, they were dealing with injuries, so they didn't have much much choice. So th- those are the situations where people have like questioned Tua, like the Kansas City game when they had when he had a chance to come back and win that game, the Bills game, like. What 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 would he do when the game is on the line? Like when it's when it's legit, like pressure, 
can he can he overcome? Not that? deliver. He did, it, I think he did it week one versus Chargers. Yeah, he did it against um, he Dallas. Did it in Dallas game. That's but it again. Two of six. The division. Two of six. The dudes. on the line. He couldn't do it. Yeah, two of six. Now, where do you pay him, or you make him play on the fifth year option? Oh, he's playing on the fifth year option. <laughs> he's playing on the. Well, I think I, so. They're going to be. They're going. They got to do some tinkering, and we we already talked about this before, Omar. This is going to be a new look Miami team for sure. Yeah. Uh, with you know, Javian Howard may be be out the door. It'll be interesting to see what they do with Toronto Armstead. Uh, will he even be healthy enough to play next year? Right. So there's going to be some tinkering done. I know Robert Hunt is a guy I think is a free agent. Yes, he is. I think they'd be stupid to let him out the door. You, you, you wouldn't <laughs> you know, want to block him, dudes. That, that's who you, you you you're not trying to do. You work? know me. I don't fear nobody. Oh, okay. But I know yeah. offensive linemen are hard to find. Like, yeah. <laughs> you don't just let good ones walk out the door. Um, well, you don't. You can't pay your whole line. Connor, Everybody on your Connor line Williams can't make ten million. Too. Everybody on your line can't make ten million dollars, dude. I know, but then and then you got the situation with Connor Williams. So like, they, there's a lot of tinkering to do with this this roster. So like, if you pay two, there's going to be even more tinkering to do, right? So, um, I think, like I said, if two would have been able to, to win that Week 18 game, I think you have no choice but to pay him. But because that didn't happen, I think you you do. You know, let him play on the fifth year option. Let's not forget, Omar. It was the first year he played all seventeen games. Yeah, right. So, like, you got to think about that as well. And again, this me—I'm always a big proponent of players getting uh, paid, but I always look at it from the business aspect too. Like, if I'm ownership, am I paying him after just having one season of seventeen games? Yeah. Hmm. No. Um. we got some games coming up this weekend. Dudes, I, I'm hoping you can help me with some of these. I'm trying. I'm trying to figure these games. He's out here. just losing money, dudes. I, I, He's I just losing yeah, money. Yeah. Losing money. I can't see Mahomes losing at this point. I, I just can't. Like, can you sell me? Can you sell me that the the, the Ravens are, are going to win this game? Because is anyone going to beat Mahomes right now? I mean, is anybody going to beat the Ravens right now? That's the question you need to be asking. <laughs> I don't know. There's man. a reason why they're favorite. It's tough. Tough to pick against Mahomes right now. Though, it is. It? I, and I get you, right? Like, you feel like a dummy if you're getting plus money. You're yeah. getting points with Mahomes not to take that, right? I think the line's three and a half right now. they're trying to sucker now, you. Yeah, I think that hook – but that hook scares me, Omar. I think this is going to be a three-point game, like, really? honestly. And, and if you if you look at the film and if you look on paper – like, the Ravens are clearly a better team. And, that's, again, this is no disrespect to the Chiefs. Like, the Chiefs still have the number two defense in football. And I've been saying the whole year, like, while the offense is struggling, this team is led by its defense. And I know it's crazy to say that with Patrick Mahomes at the quarterback position. But their defense has been elite. The one caveat to that, guys, is they really struggled against the run. I mean, the Buffalo Bills were owning them in the trenches in that first half last week versus, versus uh, the Buffalo Bills. Literally, I, fe- I felt like every first down run went for, like, seven or eight yards. Well, now they get the Ravens who have the best rushing attack in football, right? Let's not forget they just ran for over 200 yards on a Houston Texans team who normally only gives up 3.3 yards a carry, right? So, like, you talk about that element. I think the best defense, even though the Ravens have the number one scoring defense, number one in sacks, number one in takeaway, is to keep the ball on offense and keep Mahomes on the sideline, right? That's what they're going to try to do. They're going to try to have long, methodical drives and limit the, the, the opportunities Mahomes has. And he's literally – I think it's going to be a game, Omar, in Hollywood that was kind of like indicative of last week. Like, if the Chiefs win this game – I don't know, again, this is crazy for me to say this because it's Patrick Mahomes on the side. If the Chiefs win this game, it's got to be a game like last week where they only punt one time. Like, you can't have, like, five or six punts and think you're going to beat the Baltimore Ravens just because they kill you with long – 
mm-hmm. aggressive, gritty drives, right? It limits the time you have the ball. So we kind of saw that play out last week, right? Because the Bills had long, gritty, gritty drives. The only thing is the Bills' defense couldn't stop Mahomes, right? But this is a different defense, and I think the biggest reason is because of Roquan Smith and Kyle Hamilton. Okay, so you, you like the Ravens then is what you're telling me. I'm taking the Chiefs plus three and a half. I like the Ravens to win. Gotcha. Gotcha. (laughs) All right. And then my next one for you, do the Lions have a chance? I mean, look, the 49ers spent most of the season looking like they were unbeatable. And they yeah. have they have shown a little bit of a uh, little bit of vulnerability here. They don't the have Debo. Weeks. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, I nah. Think, it looks like he might play, yeah, but I mean, it's not questionable or whatever. But Debo or no Debo, he's not going to be a hundred percent. Come on, man. The Stop Packers. Playing. The he's Packers right. probably He'll should be right. have beaten them last week. Do the Lions have a uh, chance? Shoulda, coulda, woulda. Yeah. <laughs> we always say that in the league. Shoulda, coulda, woulda, man. You either win or you lose. Uh, Of course the Lions have a legit chance. I mean, uh, to me, and this is not me just being a defensive lineman, this game is going to come down to the trenches, right? You got the Avengers on the 49ers D-line, right? But one thing I will say is that the Avengers didn't really show up last week. Now, Nick Bosa did. He had five quarterback hits, and he was a constant thorn in Jordan Love's, uh, you know, uh, side. But Jordan Love didn't get sacked one time last week, guys. Like, the, the Green Bay Packers did a really good job going in 12 personnel, which is one back, two tight ends, and Max protecting, right? So the Lions do the same thing with Sam Laporta and also Brock Wright at tight end. So they either keep uh, six or seven guys in to protect. And if that's the case, like guys like Javon Hargrave, Eric Armstead inside, they got to show up. Chase Young, who's going to get the one-on-one, he's got to show up. But the only thing is, the Lions have a really good offensive line, too. They got the Justice League, right? So, like, we talk about Penesu and, and Tyler Decker and Frank Ragnar. Like, these are perennial pro bowlers, too, right? So, like, I know I'm a defensive lineman, but I think this is going to be a gritty game one in the trenches. I think it's going to be a big Christian McCaffrey game because even though the Lions secondary has really struggled, especially Cam Sutton, they're still giving up almost five yards of carry. I thought Kyle Shanahan just got a little too aggressive last week when they were only down by one score. Like, Christian McCaffrey had 17 carries, and he had 12 targets out of the backfield. But Christian McCaffrey in this game should get 30 touches, and he should get 25 carries alone. Right? This is the type of game it needs to be, I think, for the 49ers. You talked about it. Omar, will Debo be 100%? Again, they won last week without him, with Brock Purdy making some big-time throws down the stretch. This is a game I feel like Dan Campbell and his team is built on physicality, right? Kyle Shanahan will get in the mood where he'll run the ball eight straight times. This is going to be a grimy you know, line of scrimmage game. And whoever's, whoever line of scrimmage shows up the most is going to win this game. Dudes, thank you for the time this morning. Really appreciate it. I, I'm sorry we, we ran out of time here. I didn't even get a chance to ask you about UCF being terrible in football. I didn't get a chance to uh, to run that by oh, you. You're a hater. You're a hater. Don't be, listen, don't be upset that USF is heading one direction, UCF's oh heading another. God. Don't be upset about Yo. that this morning on the show. We, we don't need that. Yeah, we don't even want to play y'all no more. Y'all are little brother. Y'all are son. You know what I'm saying? We don't even play y'all no more. Oh, whatever. When I was in school about 10, 10 or so, I guess more than 10 years now, but you guys were like basically we scheduled you guys as the early season game. You guys were like the uh, high school we would play, the warm-up game. Allegedly. <laughs> <laughs> you guys do have that Big 12 thing going for you, and I'll give you that. Yeah, we do. Uh, congratulations on the national championship, by the way, a few years back. <laughs> I knew you were going to – I knew you were going to that one little jab on the way out, too. Was, hey, man, really appreciate it. It was great talking with you, though, really. Uh, thank you for joining the show this you, morning. Of course. Thank you, guys. 
We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.